Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. Okay, did you want a cup of tea? I didn't offer you anything. No, we'll have one in between. Just say yes if you want tea or some water or something. Righto. Okay, we're here and someone else is here too. It's me. Yay! (laughs) We did technology. Finally. We finally figured it out. Finally. It's only taken since, what, March to work out how to get cursed on the pod. Yeah. Kirst, tell everyone how you've been. How are you feeling? Good. I'm good with all things considered. So same old, really. Just, um, you know, lockdown, isolation. Um, Me and Daddy have been working and I haven't seen her since March because she's at (gasps) home and I come into the studio. So what does she look like? Can you... Describe. She, oh, it's not she good looks today. Lovely. No, there's it's. She's, she's got like a lavender. Is that lavender? lavender I don't know what colour. Greyish. Got a chocolate stand on the front. Yeah. I've comp- everything is completely just a mess on me. There are hairs growing on my legs. There are <laughs> that's me all the time. There's grey roots. There's no makeup. Well, there's a tiny bit. I've got a bit of gloss. She looks there's, wonderful. It's a shocking uh, combination of things. It's not. Um, and can I just explain? And also, well, no, I'm not. I don't. I don't think I should apologise. Probably should. Well, just as to why we haven't been able to do pod because. Oh, of course, it's just been hard. Well, Kirsten's a brave little soldier, but the situation is dire. Kirsten and yeah. I, because we started the new afternoon show together on January the thirteenth, yeah. we've only had a week off. Yeah, and I've just had two weeks off. Oh, you lucky duck! Yeah. But in the week that that. Um, Kirst, you had that week off too, didn't you? No. <laughs> you didn't have that week. Okay, so Kirst didn't get the week Kirst I had, had off. no week. And off. the week that I did have off is the week that Harvey died. So I don't even remember it. It was yeah. just, I was just co- collapsed it's mess. Been, it's been, and we should be very grateful that we have jobs because mm. a lot of people are doing it tough. Yep. But it has been flat out in the media industry. Has been. Um, and we won't complain because no. for that reason, I'm grateful I do have no. work. But at the same time, your brain kind of stops being able to process because totally. there's a lot of news coming yeah. through all the time. Well, I got offered a different job and at the same time I was being offered a different job, I was like, yeah, that's all great. Can I have two weeks off? Yeah. I just need two weeks off to do nothing. And I go back to work tomorrow and I'm almost not ready. Yeah. I'm not ready for the shitstorm that awaits. It's scary. Yeah. And you're going into politics and that's going to be fun. So a couple of people tweeted me about this and I just, I didn't reply. And I didn't reply because I was going to talk about it on the pod. Right. So boss came to me, asked me if I wanted to go to state politics. I was like, he's he's crazy for asking me that. Why would he ask me that? And then I thought about it. It's been almost 10 years across Gosh. crime and courts yeah. that I've done and it's probably enough grief for me. Yeah. I've probably done enough and you know and Kirst knows firsthand there's been times where we've lined up to do pod and I've just gone, I can't do it this yeah. weekend. I just can't talk about death anymore um, and I love crime and I love courts and that's probably the reason why I'm stepping away from it mm. because I love doing this podcast and it will probably I think make me enjoy it more because mm. I'll be delving into grief and crime and death when I choose to yeah um, 
so I'm going into state politics. Such a great time in Victoria to go into state politics, <laughs> isn't it? You'll be very good at it because politics is all about relationships. Yeah. And you... Hopefully. You, yeah, you yeah. build good relationships with people, but it's also like observing who's doing what yeah. with who. And sometimes it's too complex for me. I just... I, I'm. You know, they do double-double crosses and sneaky stuff and it, sometimes it's too sneaky for me. It's going to be confusing at some point. Yeah. 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 No but, doubt. But it doesn't matter if you're not an expert. I think with politics anyway, this is the way I approach it because I'm certainly not a political animal, but it doesn't hurt to be not an expert because no. then you approach things from the point of the view of the person. average person. Yep. Yeah. And, and you either have to break down what's going yes. on into those terms. Do you want a wedding update? Oh, yes, please. Okay. So for those who live outside Australia, we have a lot of listeners. So we have sucked at lockdown Bad. in Victoria. Mm -hmm. We've really... We fucked it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> well, we didn't. We, we didn't. But... <laughs> did you hear that little yep from Kirsten? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so we went into lockdown. We came out of lockdown and our cases in our state started skyrocketing like mm -hmm. I think the top number we've had is almost 400 or yeah, just over 400, over 400 yeah. um, and so we are back in lockdown again so we were kind of looking at the calendar going oh by October we'll be fine we'll at least have 150 at a wedding well we are now in lockdown till August 16 mm -hmm. and then there's like eight weeks and then my wedding not long enough. We're not no. getting, we're not even getting to 50 people by October 10, right? Yeah, no. I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. So I'm getting married anyway. Okay. Good. So Small. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get married on October 10. And then I, in the church, the whole whiz bang thing. And then April next year, I'm going to have a civil ceremony. And my reception. Oh. With everyone. Oh, good. So everyone can still be there. Good, because Kirsten and I want to come. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so there'll still be a wedding, but this way, because we were kind of looking at it and we were like, well, side note, we couldn't get married. The date that we have for the reception next year, we mm. couldn't get married in the church then because it's Lent and the priest wouldn't marry us during Lent. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't right? understand. Anyway, yeah. so... We couldn't make the church and the reception line up. This is probably really boring for people that don't care. Sorry. Um, anyway, so it was going to be pushed out till next year. Yep. Too far away. Yeah. I've been with this donkey for 15 years. <laughs> what am I pushing out even more for? <laughs> he's a lovely man. He's not really a donkey. He is. But he's he's a lovely very patient. Man. He he's is. very patient. But, you know, we could end up two years down the track and not married. Yeah. No, I think that's a very good solution. Mm. As long as there's a party somewhere where we can all laugh and dance yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a party. And then so on October 10, we're just going to do a private dining room. Right. Little dinner. Yep. Nicholas was like, can I still get pissed? And I said, I think that's so. That's his priority? Yeah. That's what he's okay. like. I still, can I still get pissed? And I was like, I think so. I think that's fine. Yeah. But then it's like, how do you go from a guest list of 280 to just choosing 20 people? Well, I reckon you can also charge people to come. What? Yes. Why not? What? It's too... <laughs> Kirsten, I'd be happy to pay, would you? Oh, yeah. But I mean, no. we're not like everyone else. I mean, who, well, how, no. how much are you charging? Oh, what's I, your what's this well, vision? I don't know. This has just been sprung on me. I'm not charging people to come I'd to have, my dinner. I'd be very happy to pay just wow, to be there. Wow, you're a lovely person. But no. I yes, I shall foot the bill for that. Good eye. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the wedding update. So I'm Love actually it. getting my dream wedding. 
with not too – yeah, you didn't want a big, mm. big fuss, did you? No. No. I want to see the dress and everything. Will you put pictures I'm not going to wear the dress. Oh. oh. I'm going to save the dress for next oh. year. Oh, yeah. that's even better. This yeah. is even better. This yeah. is a win-win situation. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to wear the dress. Very happy. Yeah. All right. Just going to do cash wedding, you know, real yeah, Chanel yeah, yeah. style. Yeah. I asked if I could I'm wear flats that. and I was told no. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going first? You go first. I missed the – uh, of your voice. Okay, let me see. I'm going to go. Anything else crazy happened that we need to talk about? Well, I uh, I had things in my head to talk about, but I've forgotten. Oh, I'll save it. Oh, okay. All right, and okay. we can do TV. What we've been watching too. Oh. No, I can't help it. Now I've got to say it. Now go. there's a series on Stan called Line of Duty, and if you're not in Australia, oh. find it elsewhere. It's a cop. Thing. Did you ever watch The Bodyguard? Not the one with Whitney Houston and... Uh, oh, yes. I know that the one. I know the one. Story. The English one. Yes. Mm. Yes. All right. It's made by the same guy that made that. It's okay. called Line of Duty. Okay. There's like five seasons of it. Wow. It's like you watch it. It's seriously the whole way through. You go, what? Oh, my God. What? No way. It's like twist, okay. turn, twist, turn. Person you didn't think would die, dies. Person oh, didn't no. you thought was... Goods is bad. Okay. It's the best series. Okay. I watched Outcry. Oh, I've got that written down on a bit of paper mm. to watch. I got so stressed I had to Google. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I had to find out what was happening because I was so stressed that something bad was going to happen. So I Googled before the end. Oh. <laughs> I scribbled that down on a piece of paper the other day. Yeah, um, watch it. When our TV got recommended. It's fabulous. And the only other one that a lot of people have been talking about is uh, Three Identical Strangers. Which oh, I've, yeah, I've seen that. With the triplets. Yeah, I've seen that. Don't give it away. Made me really sad at the end. I was 50-50 on that show, to be honest. Oh, really? What, didn't like it? Yeah. It went soft halfway through. Yeah. Mm. I didn't love it all the way to the end. Uh, we are going back. Oh, we're in Germany. Yeah, I'm doing... Oh, we're no. in Dusseldorf in Germany. And there's a dead body. At May the 25th, 1913. Don't look like you're shocked that there's an accent. Pe- the people go for them. People want them. No, I was actually thinking you're quite good at that accent. Mm. Yeah. I learned German at school. Did you? Yeah. It's yeah. really ich good. Ich heiße dein. Ich it's wohne really in. Good. I won't say where I wohne. Das ist sehr kalt. Aber ich sehe... Anyway. Uh, there's not a whole lot. That. I can tell you about the window and... Um, Gunther, who went to, to school. Gunther. Um, we're in 1913 in Dusseldorf in Germany. A yep. nine-year-old girl named mm-hmm. Christine Klein was found dead in her bed. She'd been strangled and slashed twice across the throat. So the next day, the killer went to the pub opposite her home to listen to people's reactions because he enjoyed hearing their disgust and their repulsion what? and their outrage. Yes. Then he went to visit Christine's grave and he handled the soil covering her coffin and he spontaneously ejaculated. Bang. You weren't <laughs> expecting that, oh. were you? Bang. The way no, you said probably, no, the way me. that you turned and looked at me and yep. said bang. <laughs> Cop that, Chanel. Uh, it 
Uh, two months later, in the same area, Dusseldorf, the strangled body of 17-year-old Gertrude Franken was found. And then it was several years, uh, 1929, an elderly woman named Apollonia Kuhn was dragged into some bushes by a man who stabbed her 24 times with a wow. pair of scissors. He stabbed her so deeply that the, bone, uh, the blades hit her bones. Incredibly, though, she survived. Uh, a few days after that, the body of a nine-year-old girl, Rosa Orliger, was found under a hedge. She'd been stabbed in the stomach, temple, genitals, and heart. This is a real rampage. Uh, this guy is so depraved. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you the things that he did. So just prepare yourself because oh. it's pretty gross. Okay. And in this case, nine-year-old girl, he stabbed her all over. He got semen onto his fingers and he shoved it up her vagina. He poured kerosene over her body and he set it alight. Four days later, and are you noting all these victims, little girls, yeah, old women? Yeah, they're all over the shop. Four days later, exactly, the body of a 45-year-old mechanic named Rudolf Scheer was found. He had 20 stab wounds in the head, the back and the eyes. It's almost terrifying from a police point of view too because you can't tell a specific – you know how they say, you know, we want women to exercise caution when they're walking home at night. Yeah. This is everyone. Yep. Yeah, no exactly. one's safe. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, and the, so the uh, the homicide detectives hadn't hadn't linked any of those murders at that stage because of the differences in the victims' ages and sex. There were some similarities. Three of the attacks were in the Flingern district of Dusseldorf. All of the victims had died around dusk and all had multiple stab wounds that were done in a really frenzied way. So it was another five months later, another murder. This time, the victim's body wasn't found for some time. Maria Hahn had been strangled and stabbed in the chest and head. Her body was buried in a cornfield. The killer came back several weeks later and dug her up. Oh. Then he put her back in the grave. I don't know what he did while he had her up, but anyway, he put her back in the grave. He lay with her remains for a while and then filled the grave back in. So around this time... I cannot even lie in a sheet that hasn't been dried efficiently. You know when there's oh the smell God. of a you put something on and it hasn't it's got that yes mildew smell. This is so bizarre. Why? It's because yesterday <laughs> I changed the sheets and because it's winter it's I was yeah. finding it hard to dry the sheets anyway. There was enough of a breeze yeah. yesterday. I I, I washed the sheets. I put a sheet on there that I got out of the – we've got a big old chest that's got all the linen in it. And it wasn't – and I made the bed beautifully. When I yeah. got into bed last night to sleep, I went, something doesn't – so I yeah. think what happened was somebody must have used the sheet once or twice in the summer just as a – you know, when you're hot and you yeah. just want something – and put it back in the drawer. And it smelt yeah. drawery. It smelt possibly yeah. – been on someone. This is what I mean. And I had bad dreams all night because of I that mean. sheet. Correct. So I've I stripped the a, bed again. I put a t-shirt on the other day and it must have been just taken too long to dry. Yeah. And so it had that. Yes. I know the smell. That smell. Yeah. I put it on. I could not take it off quick enough. Meanwhile, old mates just lying with a decomposed yeah. body for a bit. Exactly. Yeah. Um, let me see. Okay. So then old mate starts using yeah. a knife instead of scissors. Oh which is making it even harder for cops. So August 21, 18-year-old girl, 30-year-old man, 37-year-old woman, randomly stabbed in separate attacks, but they all survived. They told police that the attacker didn't say a word to them before he struck. Three days later, sisters, two sisters, were walking home from a fairground in the suburb of, I think it's it's either Flehe or Flehe. So the killer told the 14-year-old of them, Louise Lenson, that he'd give her 20 pfennig. Pennies, do you reckon? Pennies, yeah, okay. 
Uh, he said that he'd give her the money if she went to buy cigarettes for him. So while she was away, he strangled her sister, five-year-old Gertrude, oh. into unconsciousness. Oh. He cut her throat. He threw her body into a patch of runner beans. Unnecessary detail. When Louisa came back, the killer strangled her and stabbed her multiple times in the torso. He pierced her aorta. He also oh. bit and cut her throat before sucking blood from the wounds. This the- guy's a... This is the one of the, the worst. worst. Yep. The next day, 27-year-old Gertrude Schurter was stabbed in the head, neck, shoulder and back. She survived, but she couldn't give a very clear description of her attacker other than to say he was around the age of 40. <sighs> the killer tried and failed to strangle two more people and then he switched to using a hammer and he bashed four women, two of them to death. By the late summer of 1929, these murders were being called the work of the Vampire of Dusseldorf. So by the end of 1929, the police in Dusseldorf had more than 13,000 letters from the public. More than 9,000 people had been interviewed. And there was a list of potential suspects 900,000 people long. Between February and May in so 1930, a pretty much everyone, yeah. Uh, there were more hammer attacks. There were more attempted strangulations where the victims didn't die. Ten of them were able to de- describe their attacker. Now, this one is the key. On the 14th of May 1930, a 20-year-old girl named Maria Budleg was at Dusseldorf Station and a man approached her and he offered to show her the way to a local hostel. So she was a little bit wary mm. because he was leading her to an empty park, not to a hostel. So they started to argue. While she was arguing with this man, can I just point out that man was not the killer. So while she was arguing with that guy, another man came along to check what was going on. And the man that Maria had been arguing with, the first guy, Mm -hmm. just walked away. The man who came to help her was the killer. Nobody knows who he is at this stage, though. So Maria was quite upset because of the altercation with the first guy. Yeah. This second one, the killer, invited her to his apartment and he tried to talk her into having sex with him, but she refused. He then said he'd take her to a hotel, but instead he took her to the Grafenberg Woods. He raped her and he tried to strangle her, but she got away. Now, she didn't report that to the police, but Mm -hmm. what she did do was she wrote to a friend. Um, But she got the address wrong on the letter and the letter ended up at the post office as a sort of dead letter. So in order to try and find where it was supposed to be going to, and I don't really think you should have been doing this, but anyway, a clerk opened the letter, read the contents, and he gave it to the police. So the police thought that there was a chance that the man who had done that attack in the letter Mm -hmm. was the Dusseldorf murderer. So they found Maria, who wrote the letter. They interviewed her. She took them to the home that she had been taken to that night. The landlady there said that the tenant's name was Peter Curtin. So he wasn't home at the time. But he came home while the police were there in the corridor. He saw them, but he knew that they didn't know what he looked like. So he managed to get away again. But he also now knew that the cops were on to him. Yeah. So he went home to his wife. Yes, he was I was actually going to say, because this started in 1913 and we're, what, 1930 now? Mm -hmm. Yep. Which means he he can't just be some weirdo roaming the streets. I bet you, I was thinking, I bet you he has a normal life somewhere. Auguste was his wife. So he confessed to her um, and because she didn't want him to go to jail, 
she helped him find somewhere else to live in the Alderstrasse district of Dusseldorf. So when, so I don't know, he went home to that other apartment and then about a week later he came back to the one that the cops had been at. Mm-hmm. He told Auguste to dob him in and claim the reward, which she did. So she then set up a meeting with Peter Curtin and the police outside St. Rochus Church later that day and he was arrested. So let's tell you a little bit more about Peter Curtin. He was born back in 1883. His family were really poor and he was the third of 13 children. Mm-hmm. They all lived in a one-bedroom apartment. Apartment. Uh, his parents were both alcoholics and his father would beat his mother and his brothers and sisters. He would force his mother, so the dad would force the mother to strip naked and he would rape her oh. and force the children to watch. Oh, so the dad was eventually jailed for committing incest with his 13-year-old daughter. So the parents separated and the mother took Peter and the brothers and sisters and moved them all to Dusseldorf. Um, just a little warning here for people, uh, doggos, doggo warning. Yep, dog yep. warning. Uh, just block your ears for a second. Uh, when he was nine years old, he made friends with a local dog catcher who lived in the same building as his family, and he would go with him. The dog catcher would torture and kill the animals that he caught, and Peter Curtin joined in with that. So he got in with a really bad crowd. How will the doggo people know to come back if they had their hands in their ears? Doggo people! You can come back now. Come back now. Um, so he got into street crime and all the rest of it. Yep. He claimed that he committed his first murder when he was nine. Wow. He pushed a school friend. So they'd gone swimming. He knew this friend couldn't swim and he pushed him off a, a log that they were floating on. Yeah. And a second boy tried to save that boy and Peter Curtin held his head underwater. So both of the boys drowned, but that was ruled as accidental. Um, when he was 13, Curtin had a girlfriend who would let him undress her but not have sex. So in order to relieve his urges, he would have sheep, uh, sex with sheep, pigs and goats. Honestly. And he said that he got more pleasure when he stabbed the animals while he was doing it. And he also tried to rape the same sister that his father had committed incest with. Appalling, isn't it? What is this person? He's he's one of the he's actually like one of those cases that's done as a case study, like people who um, learn forensics. One of the worst, one of the worst. Yeah, and I hadn't heard of him before. Um, I read about him in a book on forensic science. So uh, when he was arrested, he admitted to all of the murders that were attributed to the vampire of Dusseldorf. He also confessed to the murder of Christine Klein. So she was the very first little girl Mm -hmm. that I mentioned, the nine-year-old who was found dead in her bed, and the second one, Gertrude Franken, the 16-year-old that he strangled. In total, Peter Curtin admitted to 68 crimes, including 10 murders, 31 attempted murders. He thought it was quite fair that he had killed because of what he had gone through in his life. He said he never thought what he did was bad. Um, He had no pity for his victims. He said what he went through in his life destroyed all his feelings as a human being. He admitted that the sight of his victim's blood was sufficient to bring him to orgasm. Hmm. He claimed to have drunk the blood from the throat of one victim and from the temple of another and from another one's hands, or he licked the blood from another one's hands. He said he drank so much blood from one of the victims, Maria Hahn, that uh, he vomited. He also admitted decapitating a swan to drink its blood and said that as he was doing that, he ejaculated. Didn't his wife ever complain about all the washing? 
There's like how many lo- pairs of underpants? There is a lot of ejaculation going on. There's a on. lot of undies. There's a lot of bodily fluids, to be honest. There is a lot, isn't it? It's quite uh, queasy making. Um, queasy making. Do you know what? There's more, but I'm just going <laughs> to skip over them. Queasy <laughs> making. Uh, on top of all the murders and all the stabbings and all of that, he admitted to 24 acts of arson. He said okay. he would watch from a distance as emergency services tried to put the fires out, and he said he did that for sexual excitement. He also hoped to burn homeless people alive. Yeah, righto. So while he was waiting, awaiting trial, he was examined by a psychologist, a Dr. Carl Berg, who found that Peter Curtin associated sexual excitement with violent acts and the sight of blood. But Berg and other psychologists, they said that Curtin was not insane. He was fully able to control his actions. He appreciated the criminality of his conduct and he was ruled competent to stand trial. So the trial began on April the 13th, 1931. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had been eventually charged with nine counts of murder, seven of attempted murder. So he pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. He had to sit in an iron cage throughout the trial and his feet were shackled. Several days in, he changed his plea to guilty and he said to the court, I have no remorse. Thinking back to all the details is not at all unpleasant. I rather enjoy it. So the trial lasted 10 days. The jury deliberated for two hours and their verdict was... Guilty. Yes. Okay, good. Thank God. And he was, um, no, he was sentenced to death. He um, uh, put in a petition for pardon, but they rejected that. So on the evening of the 1st of July, 1931, Peter Curtin received his last meal. He ordered Wiener Schnitzel. Schnitty, you know me. He had a schnitty. Wiener Schnitty, a bottle of white wine and fried potatoes. Well, that's chips, isn't it? Yeah. Schnitty and chips. He ate it all, asked for a second helping, which the prison staff granted to him. Mm. So at six o'clock on the morning of July the 2nd, Peter Curtin, with a very full belly, was beheaded by a guillotine in the grounds of Klingelpatz Prison in Cologne. And just before the blade fell, he turned his head and he said, Tell me, after my head is chopped off, will I still be able to hear at least for a moment, the sound of my own blood gushing from the stump of my neck. That would be the pleasure to end all pleasures. Wow. I'm presuming they told him no, because once your ears are disconnected with your head from your body. Jesus so his head Christ was later, I know, uh, his head was later uh, bisected and autopsied and they mummified it. The brain was removed and analysed and they found no abnormalities apart from a large thymus gland. Just after World War Two, his head was transported to the United States where, and I don't know if this is true, but apparently. It was stolen or something, wasn't no, it? No, apparently it's on true at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. In Wisconsin. Have you Googled it? No, can, you can do that now while I go and turn the heater up because it's too cold. Curtain, ripple. Oh, it comes up as a search option. Jesus. Oh, it is. But what's it on display as? Just like this guy did some, did some shit. It's split in half. It's actually there. Can I see a picture? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, there's a YouTube clip. Holy moly. I didn't even look. Why didn't I look that up? That's his actual head split in two. What the hell? 
Oh, that's going up on our social media. Look forward to that. Is it preserved or is it just like rotting? It looks it's like kind of mummy. It looks mummified. On it. Yeah, they Ooh. mummified it. Anyway, so that's Peter Curtin. Curtin. Why is his head still on display? Mm. Should that be there? Uh, well, what else are you going to do with it? There like, it's, there's worse stuff than that. Well, you don't have. Yes, it should be there because you don't have to go and see it. His eyelashes are still on the head. Ooh. Oh, I went to an ad. Mm. Uh, yeah, it can be on display because um, it's not. It's probably there with a horrible story saying don't murder people. Probably. And you, and and you you. It's not like it's on TV where you're not expecting it. It's you know it's you have to pay to. You're willingly going to see it. If yeah, but you're doesn't going Ripley's joint, have like, oh, world's tallest man, like, you know, yeah, kind of, yeah. you know, quirky things that are family friendly. That's what I thought. I thought Ripley is, is quite... I've never been there, but I think there's there's got to be like a room. It'll be like, you know, only go in this room if you're over 18 and got a strong stomach. Jesus. Cause... Wouldn't they have like a creepy room? They would. All those places have something like that, don't they? Without seeing it, the the fact that I'm like I'm most creeped out about the eyelashes that you told me they're still yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah. For some There's reason. a video. It's around the 11 minute 30 part, and someone has filmed the head spinning and there's eyelashes. Mm. Mine is quite different story. Okay, so what do you know about TikTok? Oh, no, I haven't got it. Okay. I know that there's concerns about security, and yeah. I know it's got people dancing on it, but that's about it. Yeah, I, government. Hates it. Yes. Okay, so I recently joined TikTok. I don't, I'm not under my name. Right. Um, I don't even know what my username is. It's something obscure. And I've never posted on it, but I can get lost in that app for hours. Uh, my daughter does. Yeah. Yes. And like sometimes other reporters will just send me a link to a TikTok video at like 11.30 at night and I'll go, they've been in that hole for hours. <laughs> But they're always funny. Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're creepy. People post a lot of different things on there. Mm. Like sometimes I found myself watching a woman steam cleaning soft toys. Oh. Like really dirty ones. And they came out so clean. I was mesmerized oh, by yes. it. Yes. There's um, – it's not TikTok, I don't think. I think it was just like a, a video. But there's a video of the seats on the public transport being steam cleaned. Yeah. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. But it would be amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It would be amazing. So there's all sorts of things that people put on there. TikTok has 800 million users. No wonder the Chinese are thrilled with it. Mm, yeah. Active users. So, yeah. China, I think, is stealing all our details, but yep. I think my name on there is like Sarah McFarlane, so take her. <laughs> Whatever. I don't care. Um, and all they're going to see is my fat face with 10 double chins lying down <laughs> in my bed watching TikToks if they were to <laughs> hack anything, so it doesn't bother me. Okay, so yeah, there are a few people that post things on there, and sometimes I think that they're definitely set up just because people want. The views and the likes. Oh, yeah. You know? I, I always yeah, – I'm so cynical mm. with stuff. I always say, why would someone have been filming that? Yeah. Yeah, you can tell when they're staged. Exactly. So there's a lot of things like people going into abandoned houses or people being like, 
Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. I've lived in this house for 10 years and I've never looked behind this door. Like, yeah. come and take a look. Let's look through bullshit. this door. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Let's look through this door forever. Don't anyway. bullshit into my elbow. I do. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah, correct. <laughs> so I was scrolling through TikTok and this is probably like three months ago and I came across this video, which at the time I thought was one of those fake videos. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like three teenagers. They're on the beach. <gasps> At the time, I didn't know they were in Seattle. I know this. Yeah, yep. go on. Um, it was it's recent, so June 19, and um, they have found a suitcase mm-hmm. on the beach, and they're like, oh, my God, we found this treasure. Um, I'm going to – That would not be your – okay, so, so you mean Kirsten are on the beach. Yeah. We find a suitcase. Yeah. What, are, what are we going to say? Red flag. Exactly, yeah. thank I'm you. A total red flag. Yeah, I wouldn't want to open red it. Flag. No. Guys, we found a, a suitcase at the beach. Yeah, I'll hold your stuff. Wait, open it. <laughs> open it. <laughs> it stinks, y'all. It washed off. Oh! Oh! Okay, so she made. Okay, so she's calling the police so we can see if it's actually a dead body or it's just food. <laughs> okay, so that's hang on, the just audio. one minute. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Formal complaint here. Okay. When I find stuff, yeah, you laughed at me when I found what do you that. Mean? Remember, I found that jacket hanging on the bridge near the river, and you yeah, said, I "Oh, at you. cops don't care about that." Yeah. That's the same this is thing. A bit different. Oh, it's, it's not. It is not the so, same thing. Well, it's correct. Kirst a jacket right. so and a, a suitcase with a skeleton in it. <laughs> so I'll explain the video because oh. we're obviously a podcast. So what you heard, there's three teenagers. They, they're using this actual this app I haven't heard of before. So they're using TikTok to film it, but they were using a different app called Randonaut. I'm not sure what it is, but they say Randonaut sent us to this part of the beach and we found this black suitcase. Oh, isn't it? It's a game, isn't it? I think it is some kind of game. Yeah. Mm. Um, And so then, you know, the video goes on, they're zooming to this black suitcase and they're all laughing. And then one of the girls goes down towards it um, and, you know, a caption comes up saying, we thought it might be money. Um, And then you see... Uh, they kind of unzip the suitcase and they're using a stick to pry open the lid. And once they push the lid over, it's it's got a garbage bag. But the only way I can describe it is, you know when you buy a big slab of clay? Yeah. And it's like covered in plastic? Yes. That's what it looks like inside. So yes. It's, it's a black... Uh, it's a black garbage bag, but it looks like it's full of clay. Mm. Like it's it's filling the entire suitcase right? and it's just like, yeah, it, whatever it is, it's huge. And they're saying as soon as they open it, they all start saying, "Ooh, it stinks. Mm. It stinks. Anyway, so they called the police, these three teenagers, and um, you can tell it's quite heavy as well, the suitcase, but they didn't try lifting it. Um, and they're laughing nervously. But when they do call the police, they the police cordon off the area and they realise that there is not one but two dismembered bodies. Oh, it really was a body? In that suitcase. Wow. So, like, totally cut up. Wow. Body pieces. Because I, I saw the video, but I just mm. went, oh, I don't know what that is. It's something TikTok-y. Yeah. I haven't got time for this. <laughs> yeah. Um, Two bodies. And then they whoa. search the area and they find another garbage bag in the area filled with 
parts that were missing from those two bodies. Kirsten, did you know this? No. I I hadn't seen this video at all. Yes, it's insane. So um, police identified these two people as 35-year-old Jessica Lewis and her 27-year-old boyfriend, Austin Wenner. The coroner determined that the couple had been shot prior to being cut up. Jessica had multiple gunshot wounds and Austin had a single gunshot wound. Jessica was a mother of four. Her eldest uh, daughter had graduated from high school and the pair had been together for around eight years. No one knows who would have wanted to kill them or why, and there are no leads into their murders right now. But did someone – so unless we know how that game works – Did someone did leave someone them speci- there? No, but did someone specifically, yeah, send the kids mm. to that spot? Because this happened with Pokemon Go. Do you remember the one where everyone was like walking People around with their phones? People still play and, that. I'm Googling But that this ended up with – but I think they were sort of – they stumbled across bodies in searching for their, the, you know, the, right. the virtual whatever they were, Pokemon things. Yeah. There was several cases of bodies being found in rivers and stuff. Um Wow. Brandon Norts. I'm looking but it up. Why would the – yeah, the killer wouldn't want them to find – I don't think so. And so they were on – from memory, they were on like the rocks next to a pier, weren't they? Yes. So, yeah, it's like a pier area, the rocks that lead down to the water. There's no beach as such there. And it's just sitting up on the rocks. So like that, it's washed up there. Yeah. Okay. It wouldn't have been thrown off the pier. No. And I think suitcases washing up. It's kind of weird because you think that would sink. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah. Well, no bodies float, and that and that was um, something else I was going to mention was the, and this is the saddest story. So Naya Rivera, the actress, yes, who went disappearing on Lake it was at Lake Piro in Southern California. Yes. She, um, uh, you know, they were searching and searching for the body, and I think there were like weeds, and I was thinking, oh, I wonder if her, her leg got caught on some weeds or something. But my daughter and I were talking about it, and I said. Um, the body will float. Like with, well, that's what I thought too. Yeah, and they eventually did. do. Five but, days after, I think they found her. Yeah, it floated to the surface. That's uh, the saddest story. It's awful. I hated okay. it when people were calling her by her name from the show, from Glee. Yeah. Like, she's not that. She's She was Night Rivera. Yeah. Most beautiful girl. Oh, I loved she? that show. So this, it's called Randonauting, and it is the act of generating random numbers with a random number of generation techniques i don't know what this means converting those numbers into coordinates on the surface of the earth and then visiting that location in real life it is essentially a real world adventure generator that allows participants to explore um it like unknown parts of their area yeah so Mm. random is random it just just happened yeah but then do you think there were forces at work i don't know well none of the teenagers are being looked at as suspects like there's no. nothing suspicious about them um but their family the families of the two victims have come out and spoken and they're obviously devastated and devastated that this has ended up on social media yeah how distressing oh yeah to see their body being found yeah Ugh. and you can never remove that from the internet no but we'll put the video up. It's creepy. Yeah, 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 we will. I know we're saying it's, we can never remove it from the internet and then we're saying we're going to put it up. But <laughs> yeah, we're going to publish it. <laughs> Maybe we won't put it up. Maybe Google it. Yeah, you can Google it. Yeah. Yeah, that way we're not But I remember watching this at are. the time. 
Like it just came up in my TikTok oh, yeah, feed. I, I was just scrolling and it just came up. I think I must have seen it as it came up as a news story yeah. or something. Okay, more episodes to come. Uh, right now, though, please send us your dead body stories. Deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com. Wear a mask. Dead Bodies is created by D.D. Dunleavy and Chanel Vella and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.